with a southern accent. Hello, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the program All About the South. Are you recovering? Did you make it through the wild, wacky Columbus Day 2018? Well, maybe you did. Hello there, I'm John Rawl, and yes, 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 yesterday was a holiday, and it kind of slipped my mind as we did yesterday's show. It seemed like a normal day, and I'm sure a lot of you out there thought it was just a regular old Monday because most of you had to work. Well, a few of you got the day off uh, as a holiday, a national holiday, I guess, at least for postal purposes and such. But for the vast majority of Americans, even the stock market was open on Monday. It was still just a normal day. Most people in school, most people just going about their business on Columbus Day 2018. But one of those holidays that we have on our calendar that we stop and, and salute. At least most of us do. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about how Columbus Day is being replaced in a lot of cities across the country. And it's not because they're trying to cut back and save the money from having to pay employees for a holiday. It's for, you guessed it, politically correct reasons. And we've got a listing of some of the cities that are no longer celebrating Columbus Day. And one of them is an absolute joke. These One of these cities is not celebrating Columbus Day, and the very name of the city is Columbus. What, what is going on with you people? We'll have all that. We've got some political talk coming up later this hour where we discuss this Columbus nonsense that's going on. A great American, Christopher Columbus. I'm just kidding. I know. He was not an American. He didn't even discover America. He discovered the New World. We'll give him credit on that. <laughs> it is absolutely spun out of control in a lot of places. Thankfully, the South's going to hold the line, and we're going to try to be the most normal part of the world. Maybe the entire galaxy, but at least in, in America, if you want sensible, normal people, look for the South to at least hold through. And we're going to have some places, the Austins of the world, and who else? Chapel Hill. They've got enough wackos. I would say even my old stomping ground of Oxford, Mississippi's got a few wackos that need to learn a few things, perhaps get a, a, a catch a clue, as I would say. But for the most part, the South is good, good people. And we are proud of our Southerners here on the Y'all Show. So we've got a look at some of the wackiness. In fact, yesterday, as I celebrated Columbus Day, I actually was on the campus of Tennessee Tech in Cookville, Tennessee. And I had a encounter there that I was not expecting, and it, and it was an attack on me. And the person plainly say, well, you're a white male. And it was really out of line. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat angry, but I feel sorry for this person, this woman. And I'll tell you more about it when we, when we get to that point later in the show. I'm not ready for a lawsuit quite yet against this professor at Tennessee Tech. But, yeah, it kind of stunned me. I was just trying to be polite and, and trying to be humorous and this this professor would not would not have any of it from me i'll tell you about that so hold on good stuff stimulating tough stuff right here on the y'all show and i i was standing up for the south when i made that comment by the way to this professor and i'll tell you exactly what it was later in hour two of today's y'all show don't go anywhere we got the barrister of bodacious barbecue coming on matt hermans and he's going to come on and talk about what he does best barbecuing and he's going to have a lot of good stuff, but it could be 
a little bit of an abbreviated report because Matt is a coastal kind of guy and he's kind of a Gulf of Mexico kind of guy. And it was, we start looking at what's going on across the Southland today. My goodness, Hurricane Michael is on track to hit the panhandle of Florida. It could affect portions of Mississippi, Louisiana, and certainly looks like Alabama is going to feel a brunt of this storm as it moves closer to the shoreline and forecasters believe it's going to intensify to a Category 3 hurricanes with, with a wind up to 120 miles per hour before it hits the coast. Landfall could come as soon as tomorrow afternoon, mid-afternoon Wednesday. This is expected to hit and what forecasters are saying could be a dangerous major hurricane. More wind damage from this than what we saw in Florence a few weeks ago in the Carolinas. Storm surge is a particular concern with 8 to 12 feet possible in spots along Florida's coast. So, the, as of last night, the forecast was that it was located about 500 miles south of Apalachicola, moving north at 12 miles per hour with sustained winds at 85 miles per hour. But this is only going to increase, and similar to the Atlantic coast, when that hurricane gets into warmer waters, it's going to increase in intensity, and you can see a major player. And the wild thing about this forecast, if you've seen the, the projected path, it, forecasters have it going in around Destin, maybe around Panama City, but it's going to come in, and according to the forecasters, kind of drift off to the northeast, and that means it's going to head straight for the Carolinas. It's going to soak Georgia. It's going to go right over Columbia, South Carolina, and it's going to end up in eastern North Carolina and the PD of South Carolina, areas that literally are just getting back on their feet after Florence. Some places like Georgetown, South Carolina, may still be enduring floodwaters from Florence. And here is a storm event coming their way three weeks later. Let's keep our thoughts and prayers with everybody from the Louisiana coast to Florida and inland in Georgia and the Carolinas and more, as this will be a, a storm to be on the lookout for as we get through the rest of this week. Hurricane Michael as it approaches the coast. In other headlines across the South today, we look at what else is going on. Hey, I want to tell you about President Trump. He's going to have a bunch of rallies leading up to the midterm election in early November. Now, I only see one in the South this week, but just to give you an idea, if you try to keep up with the president, and I wouldn't want to have that job of keeping up with Donald J. Trump, but he's going to be at a rally tonight in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and then tomorrow night he'll be in Erie, Pennsylvania for a big rally there, trying to help out Republicans running for local office in the Keystone State. He'll be in Lebanon, Ohio on Friday. And then in Richmond, Kentucky, home of Eastern Kentucky University, he'll be there on Saturday with a rally at 7 o'clock in Richmond. So if you are in a portion of the South that you're not all that far from Richmond, Kentucky, not the capital of Virginia, but the capital of, of uh, that part of Kentucky, Richmond, Kentucky, go see President Trump. And he's going to be busy. He'll be all over the place next week as well. And perhaps this hurricane rolling in through the Caribbean may affect some of his travel plans even for this week. But that is something you can catch up with. And I had to tell somebody yesterday about this. If you ever, if you're a Trump person or you like to hate Trump, 
if you just are fascinated either side about Donald J. Trump, you've got to watch his rallies in their entirety. And the only way to truly do that is the Right Side Broadcasting Network. That is an Auburn, Alabama-based organization. I really need to try to get the head of that on our show sometime. It is not the world's slickest production. It is sometimes a little bit uh, bumpy as they broadcast live streaming from these rallies. But they make a big point to take the camera there and spin around the room so you can see exactly how many people are in these coliseums or large venues that President Trump has these rallies. And they like to say, and they are correct on this, they're the only ones that will take a camera off a tripod and show you the entire room because all the other major news organizations pretty much have a fixed camera on the president and you have no idea if there's 100 people in the room or 100,000. And Right Side Broadcasting Network, go into YouTube and you'll see a lot of videos that they do about President Trump. And I've been watching them since 2015, frankly. I remember going back to, I believe it was that rally in Mobile, Alabama, where the president had that gigantic rally of about 30,000 people late August of 2015 at Ladd People Stadium in Mobile. And I think that's where I found them for the first time. And they kind of have a niche of going to these rallies and being the only conservative-leaning organization. But they don't get too political if you call just streaming the president and in, the, in its entirety and not picking and choosing sound bites like most news organizations on both sides do. And, and unless you actually watch an entire rally, it's not fair sometimes to see how the media just takes that one little snippet and 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 kind of crafts it the way they want to on both sides of the aisle but usually it's the it's the as the president would say fake media that takes stuff and say but sometimes he says stuff that is just stupid and they're right to call him out on it but a lot of times these rallies are very entertaining extremely entertainment entertaining and i i like watching them and even if i even if a lot of the content sometimes ends up sounding the same especially when he's got four in the same week like he does this week, a lot of these rallies, 80% of the material, he's kind of like a comedian, 80% of the material is going to be used at all four. But it's that 20% that's kind of customized to those certain areas or the news of the day. Now that's what makes it worth tuning in for and watching. And and boy, he had a, a, a wild time in Topeka, Kansas over the weekend. I watched that rally. And I don't know if it made the national rewind on a lot of the shows but he was talking about pocahontas elizabeth warren and and that he had as much indian ancestry as she did and he had zero of course president trump's father's family came from germany his mother was a direct immigrant from scotland so he has as he said zero american indian blood in him but that's evidently what elizabeth warren has too but of course he he calls her pocahontas and gets the fans in the audience Riled up, of course, Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren, probably not a big fan of that term, but she has benefited from claiming that she was of American Indian heritage. A CNN reporter has apologized for homophobic tweets done when she was a student at the University of Alabama seven years ago. If you've tuned in before on CNN, you've noticed a reporter that's been on the job this year named Caitlin Collins. Now, Caitlin Collins came from a kind of conservative website before getting a job at CNN as a reporter, White House reporter at that. And I like the fact that she's a Southerner. She's from Prattville, Alabama. She's got a good Southern accent. She's a 
southern cutie pie. Uh, kind of got a weird smile. Watch her sometime. I don't mean to pick on you, Caitlin, but you, you'll have to admit the way your, your smile is, is like it shapes upward. I've never seen anyone with quite that kind of smile. So if you are a facial expert, watch her sometime, and I'm sure there's a, a term for that. But other than that, I mean, she's flawless. I mean, she, she's smart. She's good looking. She's a southerner. And Caitlin, if you're single, let me know. Just kidding. I'm sure you're uh, probably well into a long-time marriage, etc., and that's great, good for you. And by the way, you graduated from the University of Alabama, and as I said the other day, I've already had my experience with a crim Crimson Tide alum, and the Capstone and I are 0-1, so probably not going to work out. But you're a Prattville line, and that might be the difference maker there. But Caitlin Collins, years ago, while at UA, she called someone a fag in a tweet, and she also said she was uncomfortable rooming with a lesbian while at the University of Alabama. Now, these tweets have been out there a long time, and I don't like how this kind of stuff surfaces seven years ago. Now, Caitlin Collins, seven years ago, was a stupid college student. And I'm not making excuses for stupidity, but there's a difference between seven years ago when they were totally unknown and today where she is a respected journalist on CNN. Now, that might not be too respectful for some of you, but I like watching CNN and and she does a pretty good job, but, you know, she's not afraid to come after President Trump, and, and he's had his problems with her. I know if you go back to the summer when the president was in England, and he had that press conference with Prime Minister May, and I believe Caitlin Collins and the president had some words over some questioning that she was posing to the president at that time. But she has issued, Caitlin Collins has now issued an apology through Twitter and said that she used ignorant language in a few tweets to her friends. And that it was immature, but it doesn't represent the way she feels at all. And she regrets it and apologizes for it. And we'll accept that. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. She was, like I said, she was not a, a celebrity at the time. And if you've gone on social media, people say a lot of awful things all the time. That's why you shouldn't say dumb things, period, maybe on Twitter. Even for the president. If you're going to say anything that's going to one day bite you in the butt, perhaps you just shouldn't put anything on social media and that includes in the facebook comments section those can bite you in the rear as well so be careful it does not disappear once you think it might be out there and you might have gone back and deleted it it's there for all time so if you got something that might be controversial to say i suggest going the old-fashioned way and just saying it but making sure nobody's recording it and then you'll be okay because it'll be word versus word as we saw in the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, you know, he may very well have done that. I don't think he did, but there's no proof that he did it or didn't do it. But had that it had any kind of recording, uh, he would never have ever been a judge, period, going back 25 years ago when he got into his legal career. He would not have uh, eventually ascended to be a U.S. judge. Now more President Trump news. This made me grin a little bit. After returning from Florida on Monday, the president was asked, about Taylor Swift's recent comments that she's going to endorse two Democratic candidates in Tennessee, the man running for governor, Carl Dean, and the man running for governor, uh, the man running for senator, rather, and that's Phil Bredesen, running against President Trump's friend, Marsha Blackburn, the congresswoman who's running against Bredesen for the U.S. Senate seat that Bob Corker is vacating. And Taylor Swift came out over the weekend and said she's going to support Bredesen 
and that he is the person she's voting for, even though Blackburn is a female, that's not who she's going for. Well, President Trump was asked about this, and here's what his typical President Trump response was about Taylor Swift's decision to go with the Democrats in Tennessee over his party. And he said that about Taylor Swift's music, he likes it about 25% less now that she's endorsed these candidates in Tennessee. And that is a classic Trump announcement. And Trump says that Blackburn, Bradison's rival, is doing a very good job and is a tremendous woman. And he says that Swift doesn't know anything about her. I like Taylor's music about 25% less now, okay? <laughs> so how about that? And I, I'm wrong. She did not support Carl Dean for governor in Tennessee. She actually said she's going to vote for Democratic Jim Cooper in a House election. I assume Cooper may be running in the seat that Marsha Blackburn is leaving behind in Congress as she's running for Senate. I'm just guessing. I haven't studied all my congressional races in the volunteer state. But Carl Dean, by the way, is the Democratic choice for governor and he's running against Bill Lee, a businessman from Franklin, Tennessee. Those two have a very close race heading into November. But Lee seems to have the upper hand, even though he's a political newcomer. Uh, Dean was at one time mayor of the city of Nashville, which Phil Bredesen was back 20 years ago. A Georgia leader will not be charged for a comment made about beheading a district attorney in the state of Georgia says no charges will be filed against a city official who accused of threatening to cut another official's head. Houston County District Attorney George Hartwig said Friday that he won't pursue a terroristic threat against Warner Robins official Gary Lee. Lee is the director of Warner Robins' Economic Development Department. He's accused of threatening during an August meeting to cut off the head of City Housing Authority CEO Cheryl Frazier. Frazier wasn't present at the meeting, but was attended by the city's mayor and other department leaders. What's going on in Warner Robins? You got people threatening to keep, uh, cut off each other's heads in that central Georgia city. A release by Harvard says the statement wasn't made with the intent to terrorize Frazier. The mayor of Warner Robins says Lee was suspended for two weeks without pay for that idiotic comment. Again, in Warner Robins, Georgia, elected officials, people running the city's economic development department, getting into idiotic statements about each other. Can't we all just get along? Well, not in Warner Robins, and not when you're making idiotic threats like that. A Kentucky man has gone on the offensive about his name. Now, get this. This man's name is Brett Kavanaugh, B-R-E-T-T-K-A-V-A-N-A-U, G-H, the same name, the same spelling as the brand new Supreme Court Justice who was confirmed over the weekend and was sworn in, even had a ceremony Monday night at the White House for him. Well, Kentucky's Brett Kavanaugh, who actually spells his name slightly different. I didn't realize he his name is without a U in it in the last name. He has told a local paper in Kentucky that it's become crazy for him since having the same name as the man at the center of the nationwide controversy last week. Kavanaugh went viral with a tweet saying, this is a terrible time to be named Brett Kavanaugh, and that was liked over a million times, 
and retweeted more than 162,000 times. Hey, Brett Kavanaugh, without the U in your last name, you should take pride in the fact that you've got a celebrity name. You might be able to go in some places and have doors open for you. And of course, in some places, you might have a door shut on you. But you got the same name. You got to feel for these people, people that have the same name as a celebrity. Perhaps you're one of those people. With my name, John Rawl, I don't know of anybody but some crazy philosopher from England, I think, that's got a similar name, but not exactly the same. I think his is with an S, and I've heard about that name if you do a simple Google search. And there's a, a guy in Philadelphia with a similar name to mine. But I'm, I've got a pretty unusual last name, so I don't stand out. But if your name is somewhat familiar, you may have the exact spelling of a celebrity, or it may be similar. You just may have a last name that's the same as a famous person. And you have to feel, because people automatically assume that you are connected to that person, whether you are or you're not. Because even in passing, it just might be something that people equate you to. And if you're challenged like me with remembering people's names, then oftentimes I have to go with something that triggers my memory of who they are. And I can see where this guy forever is going to be put in the same been as Brett Kavanaugh. And is that fair? No. But I guess he could go change his name and 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 all that. Now, hopefully, this guy, the Brett Kavanaugh in Kentucky, doesn't have a Dr. Ford anywhere around him that he's friends with because that could be really strange for him. But yeah, that is news from Kentucky. But give Brett Kavanaugh in Kentucky a little thumbs up for being creative by getting on Twitter and saying this is a terrible time to be named Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, I guess for you it is, even though that other guy is now a Supreme Court justice. It's going to make life a little bit different for you. Maybe you'll benefit from it. Let's hope, let's hope he does. And as we go to break, let's tell you a little business story from my birth city of Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, good news. As Columbia, it's kind of in a bad place. It's, it's in the middle of the state. It's the state capital. And frankly, not a lot of people want to go be a tourist in Columbia, South Carolina. And I don't blame them. There's a lot more exciting places to go to in South Carolina than Columbia. Now, it's a nice place to grow up. Every state's got a place that it's a nice place. It's just not a place a lot of people want to go to. It's the kind of place that you just want to raise a family. And it's fairly, fairly boring. Well, Columbia is that way. I think it is. Now, I'm sure the Columbia Tourism Department is not happy with me right now. But I'm just I'm studying the facts. And I can think of other places. Let me pick on a few of our southern cities that I think are nice places, places you'd want to grow up and maybe have a family. But deep down, do you want to go on a vacation there? I don't think so. Tupelo, Mississippi is a good example. Huntsville, Alabama, a great example. A place that, yeah, it's nice, and it's not embarrassing to say you're from there. But do you want to go there if you're not even from that area and spend like a week on vacation? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Let's see. Tennessee. I'll throw Knoxville in. Now, if you get a little bit east of there in the mountains, of course, that's kind of a real touristy area in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. That That's cool. But anywhere outside of Knoxville, the city, and coming back into middle Tennessee, I would say is a is a complete waste of your time from a vacationing standpoint. Now, Nashville's awesome, and you could spend several days there, certainly because Nashville's gotten real hip 
even if you don't like music, there's plenty of cool stuff to do in, in Middle Tennessee. And now when I get into you know, Memphis, West Tennessee, that's, that's debatable there. But Memphis being such a, a cool place with Elvis and the history, yeah, that's a good place you could go on vacation. And honestly, a lot of people have Memphis as, a, as one of those bullet points. They've got to go to Memphis at some point in their life. So I guess because of that, all of West Tennessee is saved as a place. But uh, other parts of Tennessee, yeah, not 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 so great. And let's see, I told you Alabama's got Huntsville. I would say Georgia, eh, the whole state. No, just kidding. I I, I think the coast, uh, Savannah's cool, very very cool. Atlanta. I mean, unless you've got a business purpose and you live there, I don't think Atlanta's a place you'd want to spend a week on vacation. Now, some people go there. They love to spend two or three days there. But as far as a long vacation, uh, probably not. Now, I better shut up because there's going to be some people out there very offended, highly offended by my comments. And I've lived in Huntsville, so don't pick on me for Huntsville. I lived in Huntsville, and it was a, I had a great little house. It was a nice place. But I don't think, and I can, I can tell you firsthand, I've never heard of one person say they went on a family vacation to Huntsville. Now, they might have gone to the Space and Rocket Center for an afternoon, but that's about it. And I don't blame them, okay? So enough of my teasing our southern places to go check out. Okay, now that I've totally assaulted my home city, my birth city, here's the good news for Columbia. You may not be a place you want to spend a week. However, if you're from Columbia, you want to go to a place for a week, how about this? The Columbia Metro Airport now has a flight from Columbia to Orlando via via airlines and it's going to start going to Orlando on a routine basis non-stop jet service to Disney World and that is awesome news to be able to go fly via and get to Orlando in probably a two-hour flight I'm guessing the Columbia to Orlando route will begin on December 3rd well you don't go anywhere we want you to check out more of the y'all show when we come back, we're going to continue on with a few more goodies from across the Southland. we got some fun stuff. Bugs are a problem in Louisiana. And can you believe an Alabama police chief went to Florida on vacation and he did something he should not be doing on Panama City's beach? And it's uh, quite embarrassing for the folks in Level Plains, Alabama. We'll have all that coming up. Stay with us. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
<sighs> Moving expenses? <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. We're back on y'all, continuing a look at what is going on in the Southland with your host, General John Rawl. Well, Billy Maurice Driggers is the police chief of Level Plains, Alabama, and he was arrested while at work on Thursday of last week on four counts of disorderly conduct. Now, why was the chief arrested? Well, Panama City Police in Florida say that they were called to a condominium complex on Tuesday of last week after guests told security officials they saw a man masturbating as he watched women, according to the report. And police in Panama City Beach said Driggers, who was not a registered guest at the condo, was seen on surveillance cameras with his hand down his pants in the presence of women and children, the story said, and he was accused of doing things he shouldn't be doing on the beach and was taking, I guess, proper police protocol as he was arrested there in Level Plains. Now, how about that? What a, an embarrassing thing, if true, for the chief of police in Level Plains, Alabama, Billy Maurice Driggers. That gives a whole new meaning of hanging out on the beach, I guess. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a little bit better story. This is a great story. I saw where in Brownsville, Tennessee, which is a about 20 miles west of Jackson, Tennessee, and about 50 miles from Memphis. Over the weekend, there was a shooting at a high school football game on Friday night. Well, it turns out a 22-year Army veteran is now being called a hero for stopping a 16-year-old gunman who opened fire into a crowd at the high school parking lot. Brownsville, Tennessee police said Patrick Shields saved lives when he jumped into action amidst fear and chaos, and he says he was simply acting on his instincts. It was 
a night of tailgating and fun at the Haywood County football field after a big homecoming win on Friday. And they were all in an area outside the stadium, and people started running. And that's when Shields jumped into action. And he hid behind his truck, but then he realized that something needed to happen where he could get the weapon from the shooter. And the shooter kept firing into the crowd. And when he got close to Shields, he grabbed him. And two people were shot, but both shouldn't make full recoveries. Again, this was in Brownsville, Tennessee. Shields serves in the National Guard when was in the Army for 22 years. And so that is great news that luckily it looks like the two shot are going to be okay. And a great job there by this Army veteran helping to stop a shooter after a football game in Brownsville. Hmm. A Nashville grand jury has indicted a former Tennessee State University student who law enforcement says put toilet paper in her roommate's water bottles. Did you get along with your roommate in college? If you went to college, I got along with mine, so I would never do such a thing as what happened at TSU. But yeah, WKRN TV in Nashville reports that 21-year-old Kearney Williams was charged in October after her roommate became sick, and the roommate reported to police that she saw on Snapchat that Williams used a styrofoam cup to pour toilet water in her water bottles. Now, that's sick. That's really sick and low down. And now a grand jury has indicted a former TSU student, Tennessee State University, Go Tigers. By the way, want to keep their football player in our thoughts as he was severely injured in the game against Vanderbilt the weekend before last, and he's making a recovery, but a lot of prayers still going out to this former Tennessee State football player. That That's more important than what's going on with an idiot that puts toilet paper, toilet water in her roommate's bottled water. Hey, how about this? And We told you last week on the show we, we celebrated and saluted Charlie Duke, a NASA astronaut, part of the Apollo 16 mission, who's still alive. He just celebrated his 83rd birthday last week. Well, Neil Armstrong, we lost Neil Armstrong a couple years ago. Well, his collection is on auction, and you can get a piece of this legendary astronaut, the first man to walk on the moon. He died in Ohio back in 2012, but now there's a sale going on by Dallas-based Heritage Auctions, and it starts November 1st, lasts through November 2nd, and, and it goes actually on until November of 2019. So lots and lots of artifacts going up for sale, and you can get things like uh, items he took to the moon, including a U.S. flag, and he, he had a little Texas flag that he had with him on a mission. All that's available. Neil Armstrong, get, you can get a piece of the first man to ever walk on the moon, and I assume this is a for-profit venture as his son, Mark Armstrong, is involved in the sale. Bids can be taken online by phone or in person, so if you got a couple thousand, maybe a couple... 100000 to blow on Neil Armstrong memorabilia. Now is your time. And as we wrap up our look at things going on across the South Line, in central Arkansas, because of the rain, because of the warm temps we've seen, well, we're starting to see more and more bugs going out of control, and people in Arkansas are trying to do something about it. Mosquitoes seem to be at their worst. Now, we're almost into mid-October, but people are still having major problems with skeeters and they're coming out and causing lots of problems. Jacksonville, Arkansas's public works department is usually this time of year not worried about 
mosquitoes, but now they've got trucks on the road spraying for mosquitoes, and they're adding more crews and routes to try to cut down mosquitoes all over that part of Arkansas. So this is probably something common in other southern states, but they're in that part of Arkansas. If you're out, especially in the late hours of the day before sunset, if you're in Jacksonville, you better have a long sleeve shirt. You better put that off on. It may be close to Halloween, but their bugs are going nuts right now. And that's probably, again, not just an Arkansas thing. Well, that's what is going on in the good old Southland. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to the political world and some of my input on my experience at Tennessee Tech on Monday when a professor there really just kind of let her liberalism show. We'll have that coming up. Stay with us. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. I was amazed that I could start having real life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs> no wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language, like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. We're back on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. If you want to reach out to us, our number is 803-816-1170. On Twitter, we're at Y'all Show, Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. We've got plenty of good stuff coming up around the bend in hour two. We're going to look at our various sports from across the South. We've got Major League Baseball. We know the Brave season came to an end. The Houston Astros are going to move on. And we've got other baseball notes to pass along and plenty, plenty, plenty of college football that we want to get to in an hour or two. Plus, we'll be talking a little cooking with Matt Hermans, the barrister 
a bodacious barbecue that's coming up in hour two. Looking at the political sides of things here, as we do each week, we kind of put a y'all spotlight on the world of politics and political mindset here today. How about Eric Holder? We haven't heard a lot about the former U.S. Attorney General, and now he's getting into the political fight as the midterms are a month away, and he's going to be going to the state of North Carolina to campaign, and he's going to be down there attending a Democratic rally for Democrat Anita Earls, who's trying to unseat Justice Barbara Jackson next month in North Carolina. He'll also go to Huntersville and Greensboro, trying to end Republican veto-proof majorities in the State House and Senate. And from what I can see, Holder will be down there more on a state-level campaigning, not necessarily going after candidates who are running for Congress. Maybe I don't know if North Carolina's got a Senate race this year or not, but North Carolina state government-wise has been extremely Republican-leaning, and Holder going down there to try to rescue the Democratic Party of the state of North Carolina. See what happens there. Now, Hurricane Michael, as we told you earlier in this hour, going to hit the Florida panhandle, it appears, and going to be a major problem in Florida later this week. Well, because of Hurricane Michael, that is now affecting the campaigns for Senate and governor in the state. And because of the impending hurricane, you saw Governor Scott issue a state of emergency for 26 counties and he's had to suspend his campaign ahead of the storm. Now, Senator Bill Nelson, a Democrat, who's running against Scott for the U.S. Senate seat, he has plans to meet with emergency response officials before Michael's hits. And the governor's race, the gubernatorial nominee on the Democratic side, Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum, said he's returning to his home city in the Panhandle to prepare for the storm. His campaign said events planned later this week in South Florida are canceled. So... This is affecting people on both sides. GOP Republican governor nominee Ron DeSantis praised Scott for his tremendous leadership ahead of the storm. Said his family is keeping those in the path in thoughts and prayers. And the former congressman said he is redirecting his campaign staff in the Panhandle and volunteers to help prepare their communities ahead of the storm. Keep all of our friends in Florida, if you're listening to us, we want you to get through this and of course Alabama also expected to feel some impact from Hurricane Michael as it comes tomorrow to that part of the south. All right now to the idiotic part of our political talk. I saw more and more as we celebrated Columbus Day Monday more and more cities across the country are stopping the celebration of Columbus Day. And this year, at least a dozen cities, including San Francisco and Cincinnati, decided to stop observing Columbus Day. And now are going to call Monday's holiday next year Indigenous Peoples Day. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day to you. As the mayor of a town in Massachusetts said, who's no longer celebrating it, Columbus Day is a relic of an outdated and oversimplified version of history. This issue is a lot like the Confederate flag for Southerners. As an Italian-American, it feels good that there is an official holiday that is nominally about us. We are proud of our heritage, yet the specifics of this holiday run so deep into human suffering that we need to shift our pride elsewhere. Now, one of those cities that have stopped celebrating Columbus Day is Columbus, Ohio, which is where that city, of course, is named after Christopher Columbus. 
So how in the world could that city get that idiotic? It beats the heck out of me. Well, that that has happened in Columbus, Ohio, as they've stopped celebrating Columbus Day. Now, I got to wonder, and I could see where people maybe in a place like Starkville, Mississippi, wouldn't celebrate Columbus Day because that's their rival 20 miles down the road. Columbus, Mississippi. You know, do they have Starkville Day? No, they don't. But yeah, it's it's gotten out of control, and, and I see this growing, growing, growing. Now, here's my crazy story from Monday. I celebrated Columbus Day by going to Putnam County, Tennessee, home of Tennessee Tech. Go Golden Eagles. And I was on campus for an interview down there. And so I go in looking for a professor that I was supposed to talk to about World War One. He is the chairman of the state commission in Tennessee as I'm working on a really cool project that I can tell you more about as we get closer to Armistice Day. And I had a scheduled interview. I go in to talk to the professor. He's not there. So I'm looking for sort of the history department office there at TTU, and I couldn't find it. So I, I go into a corner of the building, which kind of looked like it might be the journal, uh, the history department's headquarters. And I, I'm going into the corner office, and I notice going into the small office, there's three, not one, but three signs on the door that say, Refugees welcome. Refugees welcome. Refugees welcome. And it was... It's really kind of overkill, if you ask me. So I go into the office, and I'm kind of, once I'm in the door, I'm stuck because there's only one person in there. It was a woman a little bit older than me. I would say she was in her 50s, white woman professor, you could tell. And I, I just, because there were three signs there, it kind of caught my eye. And I said, hey, I'm a refugee. And she looked at me with an evil eye. She said, no, you're not. You're a white male. Well, how do you do? And how did she not know I was a refugee? I am a refugee. I'm trying to escape Yankees. Help me out here, lady. But even if I were a legitimate refugee, is that the kind of attitude that she should have? I mean, she immediately, and she didn't hide it, and she wasn't kidding. She was mad at me because I'm a white male, and I walked into her office. Now, I'm trying to feel some sympathy. Why are there signs for refugees in Cookville, Tennessee? Am I missing something? I mean, if you're truly a refugee in this country, are you going to go to Cookville, Tennessee? Is that a sanctuary city? Uh, and all the signs were in English. So if you're a, a person not of American born here in this country, you probably don't speak English. So if you're going to have a sign trying to attract refugees, you probably would want to have it in a, you know, Spanish or some other language. Well, these were plainly in English. So I don't really know what she was doing there. And someone pointed out that not, not, 10 yards from there was what I call a safe space at Tennessee Tech. And I saw other very radical liberal stuff there. And this is at Tennessee Tech. Now, this was not at Vanderbilt. This was not at Stanford or some other wacky liberal school. This is a, I would consider this, I wouldn't say conservative, but just your normal run of the mill. Probably people from both sides of the aisle all over the place. But certainly not a liberal bastion, I don't think. And that's the kind of attitude I got. And it was because of the way I looked. She was stereotyping me because I'm a white male. And I'm a proud white male. And no matter what you are, you should be proud of who you are. And I'm proud of who I am. I mean, what am I going to do about it? I can't change my race. Remember that one woman tried to do that out in Washington State. And she got busted. Rachel Dolezal, I think's her name. 
So you really can't change your race. And they say you can change your gender, but I don't I don't know about that. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know about that. I'm not willing to change it anyway. But yeah, I am a white male, and, and I take uh, great pride in that. And you should take great pride if you're a male or female in whatever race you are, because we love you all, y'all. And that's my kind of crazy political rant here today based on fact. And yes, I, I am a refugee, but not in the way that this person may have been looking for. Go Golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech, which the Citadel Bulldogs beat in a bowl game. The only bowl game the Citadel ever played was the 1961 Tangerine Bowl, and they beat Tennessee Tech down in Florida. How about that? How many schools are undefeated in bowl games? Well, the dogs are. How about that? Got to brag, got to brag. Citadel Bulldogs. Back at it this week. They've got ETSU, East Tennessee State. Maybe even a rival of Tennessee Tech since they're in the same state. I don't think so. They're not in the same conference. All right, I'm going to shut up. When we come back in hour two, we're going to get into sports. We'll even get into some of the FCS football. Man, I saw some good stuff this past weekend and we'll tell you about and we've got some of our other group of five schools to pass along. How about UAB? They are on a tear. We'll tell you about the Blazers, and we'll look at Conference USA. We've got all kinds of good stuff coming, and we'll look at Major League Baseball as we kind of know how the championship race is going to go as we saw some teams get eliminated on Monday. Sadly, we saw some teams get eliminated. I have all that coming up in hour two. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, the General John Rawls. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. talking yeah we just be talking with a southern accent here on the y'all show hello yeah we like talking and we like talking about the south okay that's that is uh, i'm guilty just just go ahead and shoot me welcome into y'all talk with a southern accent i'm john rawl the general of all things southern and in just a few minutes we're gonna have the barrister of all things southern Barbecue, that is. Matt Hermans is going to stop by with his latest bodacious report on Southern food. And he's going to pick out another great place in the South for us to go check out the Q and the other great cuisine. I cannot wait. And I don't know. This is a surprise to me. It's not like Matt shares his notes with me prior to our show. I kind of have to wait. And it's, it's as exciting for me as it is for you. When the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue stops by with his report on great places to go, enjoy good barbecue and more. And he always has those really cool grilling tips. And you're not going to find that anywhere out there, the kind of tips you need when it comes to firing up the old grill. I mean, he's talked about 
tailgating with us and how to get that grill set up for uh, the right tailgate, even if you've got a lot of wind, perhaps some other bad weather coming in. And he's talked about how to do all kinds of entrees, even a pumpkin. We actually had him talk about pumpkins and, and, and all that fall goodness when it comes to grilling. Matt Hearman's coming up. You don't want to miss it. Now, a special programming alert for the Wednesday, y'all. Are you ready for this? Friends, we've reached that point that we can actually, kind of like a kid where we're born, we have to get through the walking stage, and then we, you got to walk before you run. Well, we've, we've been running now. We've been doing the show almost 100 episodes and we've been talking a lot about country music on the Y'all Show. We love country music. We love Nashville. But we've not broadcast from Music Row. We've had Precious Harris stop by plenty of times. But we haven't gone to 17th Avenue, Music Row, and broadcast from there. But we're going to do it tomorrow. And we've got a special surprise. We've got a musical act that's going to join us. And, and we're going to hear some really good, fresh stuff coming from the heart of where music is made in Nashville, Tennessee. And I think it's going to be a newcomer. So that'll be exciting. Some fresh talent on the y'all show. And we're going to have precious help us. In fact, if I can convince the motor mouth from uh, where is she from? She's from near Bowling Green, Kentucky. I forgot her exact town. Not, not Paducah. I was almost going to accuse her of being the Duke of Paducah. She's not from Paducah. She's from somewhere between Bowling Green and Louisville. I think I'm not up on my, Kentucky geography, I apologize. But I know she's from somewhere up there, but she is the, the Kentucky queen. And Precious is going to help us with our one of the hours tomorrow's on y'all. You don't want to miss that fun report. So right now, let's get back into what we're talking about here at the start of this hour two of the Tuesday show. And that's what we call our sports lanyard. What's going on in the South that oftentimes we get caught up with college football and then part of our sports land yap in just a few seconds i'm going to give you plenty of college football talk but let's start off with some major league baseball action from monday and since it was columbus day it's a little ironic that two teams that celebrated american indian nostalgia in their history and one sort of still does the other one sadly is getting rid of their logo i love the uh, Chief Joe, I think, is his name, logo of the Cleveland Indians, and he was retired officially yesterday after the Indians lost. They were swept in their American Le League Division Series against the Houston Astros as the Strohs took all three games and, and move on to the ALCS as Houston won 11-3 in Cleveland on Monday. Now, mid-afternoon on Monday, the Braves and the Dodgers teed it up and this was a game four where Atlanta had to win to advance to a championship game five. And the Dodgers were just too tough. They got a lot of runs. And L.A. goes into SunTrust Park and walks away six to two winners, ending Atlanta's season. Give the Braves a little cred. They won 90 games in 2018, a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in five years. They captured the National League East crown this year. And they did get a, a one win in this series against the Dodgers, but the Dodgers move on to face now the Milwaukee Brewers, who swept the Colorado Rockies over the weekend. So you got for sure on the NL side and the NLCS Dodgers and Brewers. 
and the Brewers have the better record, so that game, that series will start in Milwaukee between those two teams. And then on the American League side of things, it's going to be the Houston Astros, and they'll face off against the winner of the Red Sox-Yankees series. Now, those two teams, those old rivals, got together Monday in the Bronx, and how about the final score? The Red Sox beat their rival 16-1. to You talk about humiliation for the Yankee fans, which couldn't come to a greater group of people, in my opinion. I, I don't like the Yankees. You're either a lover of the Yankees or you hate them, and there is no in-between when it comes to that franchise. And I've just never liked them. I guess it's got something to do with their name. I love the fact that they have nice, fresh-shaved faces and great haircuts, but I just don't like the New York Yankees. I guess also I'm a little bit envious. They're in the media capital of the country, media capital of the world, and they get a lot of attention. The Yankee, Yankees could never go to the playoffs, and I bet you they'd still get more attention just than half of the Major League Baseball teams just because of where they're located in the history of that franchise. I like Brett Gardner. I don't know if he's going to stay with the team after this year. Of course, he's a former College of Charleston walk-on baseball player who was not offered a college baseball scholarship worth the hoot with anyone. And he goes to the College of Charleston and, and works his way up to going from the Cougars to the Bronx and uh, has been a star. I think he's been the leadoff batter for the Yankees for many years. But I think he's got contract ending or something like that. I, I, I don't keep up with the Yankees too much, but... That South Carolina native, Holly Hill, South Carolina native, Brett Gardner. I think he wears number 11, if I'm not mistaken, for the Bronx Bombers. Uh, if this season ends for them soon, and I hope it does because I don't like the Yankees, he may be suiting up for another team in 2019. Well, congratulations to another great player for the Boston Red Sox as their player Holt hit the first cycle in postseason baseball history and that is an amazing feat for this great Boston Red Sox player, Brock Holt, with a cycle. Now, if you don't know what a cycle in baseball is, it's when you hit a single, a double, a triple, and a home run all in the same game. And he was the first player to ever do that in postseason history. As, again, the Red Sox defeated the Yankees in the AL Division Series 16-1. to And when you got a guy going for the cycle in a game at Yankee Stadium, yeah, I can see why you end up getting a score like 16-1. to Red Sox and Yankees will play again in the winter. If, if it's the Red Sox, they'll move on to face the Houston Astros. Now to NFL action. We had a huge game in New Orleans Monday night, and the Saints demolished the Redskins 43-19. to So there you have an American Indian name on football getting not the best day out there on Columbus Day. And the skins go down 43-19. to But the big story in this game was Drew Brees. And you may have seen some of the reaction on social media after Brees passed Peyton Manning as the NFL's career passing yardage leader. And he did it with a 62-yard touchdown pass to rookie Traquan Smith. And the, at that point, the Saints took a 26-6 lead in the second quarter of that Monday night game at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And the Saints were able to hold on and see what uh, what all happened there with the great win over the Skins. Now, give Peyton Manning, the guy he beat his record, some credit. He put a, a funny little 
message out there on the Denver Broncos official account where he was chopping up with like tomatoes and put a message out there saying, congratulations, Drew Brees. Peyton Manning's really happy you broke his record. Well, kind of. And I haven't hit play on that. Brett Favre also sending his congrats to Drew Brees. You know, Brett should have gone to the game. I don't know if he was there or not, but Brett lives an hour away from Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Favre put on Twitter, congrats, Drew Brees. Proud to be passed by a guy like you. All the best. And from all accounts, Drew Brees is truly a, a great guy. And if you saw the video after he got the record-setting yardage feet he went over to the sideline and was greeted by his family and kind of put things in perspective these guys are more than just athletes they're human beings and oftentimes in the case of drew Brees, really good human beings i mean i know the panthers my team that i like more than anybody they signed a guy over the weekend over the last week rather who is kneeling i didn't talk about this on on monday's y'all show and I looking back at NFL action from the weekend, but they signed, I think his name's Reed. I've tried to forget his name. Uh, he was part of the San Francisco's team that was kneeling alongside Colin Kaepernick. And now the Panthers who were kind of shorthanded on the defensive side signed him. Now Charlotte, North Carolina and the Carolinas are very conservative and for the most part, very much Trump country. And so the Panthers have changed owners since the summer and now their owner is Tepper replacing Jerry Richardson. And he is not like Richardson. He's a little bit on the liberal side, I think. And he wasn't going to stop this bringing in this defensive player, even though he had a controversial history of kneeling for the national anthem. So he brought him in. And sure enough, on Sunday's game, every single Carolina Panther stood like they were supposed to and showed proper respect, except this guy. And he took a knee. And now what makes me mad is, isn't the fact that he looked like a fool out there taking a knee. He, he, he's allowed to take a knee. Hey, take a knee. You're going to look like an idiot if you're the only guy doing it. And, and, he, and he was. My problem is the Panthers have glorified him on their social media accounts. They, they at least sent two pictures out in the last 48 hours. Like, we got him. He's ours. And then he turns around and does something like that. Now, I saw one Panther fan tweet at the Panthers that how dare you bring this guy in here taking a knee in a week where you saw, I think it was seven Carolina law enforcement officials wounded or killed in their effort to, you know, control the populace and, and be police officers. Of course, we saw one black officer in Florence, South Carolina killed last week by a white shooter in that awful shooting in Florence, South Carolina. And so it just kind of makes the whole point of social justice look like look like a fool. I mean, there's other ways to protest, and I know that may sound like a cop-out, but I just don't understand the whole kneeling in the national anthem. If you, if you truly want to make a statement, stop playing football uh, or, or stop – do something other, uh, something's going to cost you some money. Stop getting paid. Donate 100% of your money to some kind of social justice cause. And these guys make lots of money. And they could really make a difference if they really wanted to. I think, honestly, I think a lot of it, if it's not just 
getting back at President Trump, which is the root of it, I think, a lot of it is because they like to draw attention to themselves. And that's one way to do it. Now, this guy may be a good defensive playmaker. I don't know. The Panthers barely won against the lowly New York Giants. And that defense could have been better. Was it worth it? I know there's a lot of people in the Carolinas that are not happy that this new owner brought in this player. A player that's kind of rubbing salt in the wound, if you ask me. So, maybe it'll work out. But I, I, I'd like, I like my Panthers. I'm not so sure that this was the right move. And if, I guess what I'm hoping for is he continues to look foolish being the only guy out there doing this. You really stand out when you are out there doing that. And this is a team, just like every other NFL team, that is majority black. Most every Carolina Panther player, they've got, I'd say, 70% black team. That's that's average. So, you you know, 70% of the team, uh, that would mean like 66 of the players that are black are, are, I guess you do the math. I'm not good at math. 95% of the black players are doing exactly what they're supposed to, standing up, showing respect. And then this one knucklehead has to draw a bunch of attention to himself when it's not certainly not needed. All right, let's get to the college football scene. Mike Stoops, brother of Bob Stoops, brother of Kentucky football coach Mark Stoops, he was fired Monday as Oklahoma's defensive coordinator after the Sooners lost 48-45 to on Saturday to the rival Texas Longhorns. And the school said that Ruffin McNeil, who'd been the Sooners' assistant head coach and defensive tackles coach, will now serve as defensive coordinator for the rest of the season. And the coach of the Sooners, Lincoln Riley, said that they needed a new voice for the Oklahoma Sooners who just lost this one game. And they nearly came back and, and got the win at the Cotton Bowl Stadium, but they lost to their rival Texas for the first time in like five years. Great scene as the governor, Greg Abbott, was down on the field. He's a UT alum, and, and they gave that trophy of the winner of the Red River shootout to him right as the game ended, and he got to hold it up. And what a cool thing, the governor of Texas, who's in a wheelchair, getting to celebrate that special moment for the first time in, I think it's been about five years since the Horns got a win in the Red River Shootout. Now to the Alabama Crimson Tide and starting cornerback Trevin Diggs has a broken foot and is now out indefinitely. He's the starting cornerback, and Nick Saban announced Monday that he is going to be out after having this injury in the win at Arkansas over the weekend. Now, that Alabama defense did look tough, but they let Arkansas have a bunch of points in that win. And Arkansas did get like 21 points, I think it was. And I know Nick Saban hates it when they score one point, or they're even threatening to score a point. Nick Saban goes out of his mind. Diggs is the brother of Minnesota Vikings standout, Stefan Diggs, and he had 20 tackles, six pass breakups, and an interception in six games this season. With Diggs out of the lineup, the tie will likely turn to true freshman Patrick Sertain II as his replacement. More news on the injury front in the Southeastern Conference. Tennessee Vols safety Trevon Flowers will be out a few weeks with a broken collarbone. Tennessee head football coach Jeremy Pruitt said Monday that Flowers got hurt while diving for an interception in practice during Tennessee's off week and that Flowers has undergone surgery and 
He'll be back in a few weeks. Not out for the season, but the safety for the UT Vols, Trevon Flowers, going to be out for a little while with a broken collarbone. Good luck to him on his recovery. And those balls travel to the Plains of Auburn this weekend for a game against the struggling Auburn Tigers. Auburn, I think they're, what, 0-2 oh in the SEC. They lost to LSU. They lost to Mississippi State on the road this past weekend. And so the Gus Bus coming unglued, it looks like, at the start of 2018. Now, we're going to go into the small college salute here on the Y'all Show. And i got to start out by giving a lot of praise to the Elon Fighting Christians. Now, that was their name. With this small Christian school in North Carolina, not far from Winston-Salem and Greensboro, they had a massive win in the Colonial Athletic Association this past weekend. They went on the road to James Madison, a team that was ranked number two in the country and had won, I think it was 20 straight conference games. And Elon pulled off a big upset of JMU over the weekend. And as a result of that, they moved to 4-1 and one overall, the only loss the Elon, they're now called the Phoenix, by the way, the only loss that the Elon Phoenix have had is to the South Florida Bulls in the season opener. But they did go to James Madison, and they pulled out a 27-24 to win, and that ended that 20-game CAA win streak for the Mike Houston coach, James Madison Dukes, and the very competitive CAA conference of the FCS ranks. Now, looking at other standings of small college programs in the South, the FCS Conference. The Kennesaw State Owls, man, they're looking good. They are currently ranked number two in the FCS Coaches Poll. Owls are 5-1, and one, and they took care of Presbyterian College over the weekend, 56 to nothing in the game played at Kennesaw, Georgia. And the Owls, who have only been playing football about five years now, are looking real good in the Big South Conference, leading that conference. Uh, ahead of all other teams, again, with a 5-1 and one record. CAA, that Elon Phoenix team that we just told you about, they have a 2-0 and o conference mark, and they're tied with the Rhode Island Rams and Towson Tigers and Maine Black Bears for the lead of the CAA right now. The James Madison Dukes are 2-1, and 4-2 overall. One of the other losses for JMU was to NC State. In the MEAC, the black, historically black college, conference the florida a&m rattlers are three and oh and they are out on top of the north carolina a&t aggies who are two and one in the MEAC. remember north carolina a&t early in the season knocked off east carolina in a big win there they also beat jacksonville state in the season opener in montgomery alabama their only loss was a 16 to 13 setback to morgan state this past weekend the aggies took care of delaware state 34 to 6 other conference action from throughout the FCS ranks that we want to pass along to you here in our Lanyap Tuesday edition of the Y'all Show. In the OVC, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks, they're off to a 3-0 conference record, 4-1 overall. Murray State is 2-0 in the OVC. They're 2-3 overall, though, so a big gap there between 1-2 and two in that particular league. And in the Southern Conference, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers are 3-0. They got a big win over Chattanooga this past weekend in a game played at Johnson City in the Battle of East Tennessee. And the Bucks are 3-0, 5-1 overall. And they hit the road this weekend to Johnson Haygood Stadium where they take on the Citadel Bulldogs. 
The Wofford Terriers are 3-0. They got a big win at Chattanooga this past weekend. And so the Wofford and, and continues to be a dominating team. They're going to try to defend their current title. They were the 2017 SOCON champs. And then in the Southland Conference, the McNeese State Cowboys from Lake Charles, Louisiana. They are 4-0 in the conference and 5-1 overall, followed by Incarnate Word. And the Nichols Colonels are 3-1 in that league. And then SWAC, the Alcorn State Braves lead the East Division with a 3-1 record in the conference, 4-2 overall. And then how about Prairie View? The Panthers are 2-0 and 3-3 and overall. They are on top of the west side of the SWAC bracket. And that is what's happening bracket-wise and standing-wise in FCS football. And as we told you in the latest FCS coaches poll, the Kennesaw State Owls are ranked number two. Walford checks in at number four. Elon is at six. Jacksonville State, seven. James Madison, eight. The Menice State Cowboys are at nine, followed by North Carolina A&T is at 10. The Nichols State Colonels are 11. Sam Houston State from the Southland Conference is at number 14. The UCA Bears from the Southland Conference check in at number 16. Towson Tigers from the CAA at number 18. They are 4-1 overall there in the outskirts of Baltimore, Maryland. And then the only other Southern team in this top 25, those ETSU Bucks are 20 or 24 in the latest poll. And they, again, have a big road trip this weekend. And that is a sports land yap here on today's Y'all Show with the General John Rawl. Ahead, we're going to talk a little barbecue. Are you ready for that? As the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Herman, is checking in with a great report. This is the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Come on! We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. It's the Y'all Show. Talk with a southern accent here on a Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, we turn our attention to great food on this all-southern program with John Rawl. And, of course, when we are able to, we line up the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Mr. Matt Hermans, and he's on the line with us right now. Hello, Mr. Barrister. 
Mr. Rawl, happy to be here. Favorite time of the week. Oh, is it? Okay. I thought it might be it when you're out doing honeydews and things like that, but this is your favorite time mm, of the week. Yeah, yeah. The, the weekend honeydews are somewhere down the list. No, this, <laughs> is, this, is, this is good times. This is good times. Well, it's our favorite time of the week, too, to chat with you. And hey, Matt, we've got some things going on that I think are going to please you right now. First off, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> And can you believe it, Matt? You can go fire up that grill tonight because we got Tuesday night college football, Appalachian State at Arkansas State. I know you've been waiting all season for this one. You know, I, I really I really have. And you know what? Appalachian State, I mean, these guys are used to rolling into like Michigan or uh, um, you know, Iowa or Well they Ohio almost State, beat I mean. almost beat Penn State this year. Exactly. So yeah, this is they're used to the big stage there at Appalachian State. This is uh you know, this is just a mere conference game for them. So yeah, no, I'll be excited. I always always love to watch college football, especially on a Tuesday night. That's a bonus. <laughs> it gets you through until Thursday and then Friday and Saturday. So I, yeah. I nice. thought that the Mac had the Tuesdays and Wednesdays reserved. I didn't realize the Sun Belt was getting into the Tuesday night fun. We rarely get a Tuesday night game, but uh I guess if you're one of the one of those kind of level of conferences, I mean, you want to get exposure. There's literally nothing else going on Tuesday night, right? That's so right. It's kind of kind of a bonus. Of course, it is October, and that means we're at the height of college football season. But we're also at the height of Major League Baseball in the state of Texas. You have a pretty good baseball team called the Houston Astros, and they are in the American League Championship Series now after dispatching the Cleveland Indians. And with baseball in mind, how does that come into play when it comes to grilling can you grill out for a baseball game and if you do it what's different from baseball versus football i will um be honest with you i am a big baseball fan uh but i'm a college baseball fan um however i do live in southeast texas so um it's hard not to get on to the and and i think if i know you well enough i believe there's a team that plays in arlington that you might pull for a little bit more than the strohs right well, no, that's kind of in the past. I wouldn't say I spend a whole lot of time pulling, pulling for either one. But at this time of year, I'll just straight, I'll just admit it. You get on the bandwagon with the Astros here, and I would say that uh, now is the time for me to attach myself to that bandwagon. As far as um, and I know, know as far as, and we know that baseball is different than college football. So you might be a fan, but does that mean like you're glued to every single play? I, I seriously doubt it. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I know there are some. There are a lot of baseball fans out there who are like that for 162 games every year, and I just, I'm just a college centric guy. But again, yeah. it's hard when you live in this area. It's hard not to at least kind of jump on the wagon here. Don't, for a don't while, be a baseball hater. I'm, I'm not a baseball hater. Listen, I watch <laughs> more college baseball every year than probably anybody should be uh, should be allowed to watch. I love college baseball. I love the College World Series. I just am not a not a big not a big pro sports follower. But again, it is the season. The Astros are rolling. So yeah. As far as um, as far as cooking out, I mean, there's a different, as you know, baseball and football have a different kind of uh, culture surrounding them. Uh, you know, the baseball, when you think of football, you kind of think of a tailgate. When you think of baseball, you think of having a hot dog watching the game. I think a lot of that has to do with the games are, you know, they tend to be longer. Um, they call it, you know, the talking sport. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of strategy. You want to, you want to sit there and watch it. Um, but you can do the same thing. Shoot, I would say, uh, as a guy who doesn't watch a lot of Major League Baseball, I say any time is a good time to go out and check the grill because you got plenty of game coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, you can uh, 
you know, hot dog, hot dog, sausages, you know, a nice bratwurst, sauerkraut, and uh, and mustard. I mean, these are kind of baseball centric stuff that that works great, in my opinion. Well, I'm 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 trying to help us out here on the y'all show. Football, when it comes to grilling, is something you really need to do in the tailgate area before the game. Baseball, right. it seems like that might be the perfect sport to do it as the game's going on. So I guess you can't really do it in a stadium. But as a fan, you just keep that exactly. grill going while the game's in action. Absolutely. You may want a hot dog in the first <laughs> inning. By the, time you hit the se- by the time you hit the seventh, shoot, you might be hungry again. Uh, you might want another one, or you may want to have a burger at that point. That could easily be three and a half hours later, right? So, yeah, that is absolutely. the beauty of baseball because it is, it, it is, it's got a certainly it's exciting points, but man, it can be boring at times too. But what's Thank not you. boring is the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. When we come back, we're going to talk about the state of North Carolina and barbecue. You know, that's a state that's been hit hard in the last month with Hurricane Florence. We're going to do our part to get you to the Tar Heel State and check out some barbecue cuisine. That's ahead on our Barrister's Bodacious Barbecue Report on the Y'all Show. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. Every time I think I smell that sweet southern rain It takes me to a station on the long black train I want to hear the wind blow and feel the earth move below me In spite of all the good times, I gotta rest my soul So I'm gone I'm gone Gone to Carolina Where I know that I belong And we're back on the Y'all Show, our final segment of this Tuesday edition. We want to remind you, we're going to be in Nashville tomorrow. We're going to be on Music Row visiting with Precious Harris, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we're going to have a special musical guest join us, and we hope play for us right here in the flesh on the Y'all Show, so you don't want to miss out on the fun on the Wednesday show. But we got fun right now, as here on the Y'all Show with John Raw, we've got Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Hey, you want to come along with us to Music Row tomorrow? I'd love to. Let me look at flights. Okay. All right. I thought you. <laughs> I, I, I thought you could just you just show up. We'd love to have you. Bring some cue though. <laughs> 
Well, you, oh, yeah. not far from Music Row, a couple hours away, you, you cross into the state of North Carolina. And, Matt, I do believe that's where you want to talk about what you, what you want to talk about this week, North Carolina Q. Absolutely. Of course, we're talking uh, one of the uh, capitals, if you will, or one of the central focal points of, of barbecue in the American South. So uh, this will be the first kind of foray into North Carolina, and uh, I think you might be able to help me out a little bit with some terminology as well. Not, I'm not going to equate you to North Carolina because I know you're a proud South Carolinian, but um, that is kind of the region, uh, generally, that, that you're – you're from, so you may need to correct me. And yeah, let me, let, let me brush up on my North Carolina ease real quick. <laughs> okay. So so North Carolina, uh, what I find to be, and look, I know, you know, certainly being from Texas, I know that, you know, sometimes you hear about the certain types of barbecue, uh, and that becomes kind of the, uh, the main thing you hear about from a particular state or region. So I know North Carolina has all kinds of different barbecue places and do all kinds of different barbecue. When you think of North Carolina, at least from someone not from there, you think of whole hog, old-fashioned, vinegar-type uh, barbecue, which I think that is that is probably the first thing that comes to mind when you when you talk about North Carolina barbecue. So um, that's kind of what I want to focus on. But from what I understand, and you can help me out being from that general region, although not North Carolina. Well, I'm a general, and I'm from that region, but I don't know how well I know about <laughs> general regions, but, right. but I'll try from, Okay, from what I understand, there are essentially two different types of, of sauce. And there is one that has ketchup uh, along with the vinegar and has different levels of sweetness and spice. And there's another one that, uh, that we'll talk about in a little bit uh, when I get into my first place, which is uh, just basically vinegar um, and some other spices and things like that that goes along with the meat without any type of ketchup. And this is usually someone outside the state. You think of Eastern North Carolina versus Western North Carolina, although I know it's also called Piedmont-style barbecue. So um, I wanted to kind of talk about a couple of those places. Does that sound, does that sound kosher? Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, we'll let you slide. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here waiting. We've got to hear about these places, Matt. And <laughs> I'm hoping one of these places is a place I scouted out last year on my way to the nation's capital. But let's see if you discovered this place that I went to. So go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off, and, and this is a place everybody probably knows. This is the Skylight Inn in Aden, North Carolina. And this is one of the one of the places that you, you hear about and you see um, kind of an old-fashioned type joint. What I think is cool about uh, the skylight, personally, is, first of all, it's whole hog, which is that's another thing I didn't mention. You think of whole hog barbecue and you think of North Carolina. But there's this whole hog, essentially, what they call it, the rooter to the tutor. I mean, the whole the whole thing. <laughs> the uh, the so, whole thing Can, goes can you there. say that again? From the rooter all the way to the tutor. Okay. So, <laughs> no, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yes, I did. Um <laughs> But the, the cool thing is that this is the they've done the same thing since 1947, whole hogs, skin on, um, cooking in, in open brick pits, which is about as old-fashioned you can get if you take it all the way back to the, the earliest barbecue in the, in the South. Open pits, basically the heat is regulated by the distance from the fire as opposed to being offset. It's the same concept, but this is the old-fashioned way. So they have the open pits, and they burn down oak logs, um, and then just shovel the coals underneath the pig, which is, again, this is kind of an old-fashioned um, North Carolina-style method. 
A lot of people, of course, uh, use fresh wood. They burn wood to get that heavy smoke flavor. Mm-hmm. And they use store-bought charcoal. This is fine. This is great. This is most of the barbecue places you go to. But this particular method where you burn down your own wood into charcoal and then shovel them evenly under the whole hog and let that smoke from the charcoal that was formerly wood logs, that gives it a specific kind of flavor and a specific kind of heat. And it gives, in my opinion, it gives the skin, um, makes it very, very special, which is kind of a, a, a flavor and a taste that's subtle, but it's not the same as smoking with fresh lumber, which I think is cool. Uh, Skylight basically takes the entire pig. They chop it up with butcher knives. If anybody's ever seen this place on a show, that they basically have a specific chopper who basically comes to work, starts chopping, and then leaves. And that's what he does all day is chop. And you, chop the, uh, you chop the meat up, all different parts of the pig, from the rib meat to the loin meat, the butt, the ham. And the best part is the skin. So you get the crunchy skin in there, too, almost like a, a little pork rind piece, which is absolutely fantastic. They, they, mix, it, they mix it with uh, vinegar and Texas peat hot sauce, which is basically like crystal or like red dot for people in other places. And they put that in the meat, and they stick it on a bun. You get coleslaw, and that's it. That's the way you get it. You don't get it any other way. That's the way they serve it, and that's the way they've served it since 1947. So I think it's I think it's very cool. I think it's delicious. Um, there's something about uh, that hot vinegar that kind of mixes with pork fat and smoke and just does make it something special, I think. Um, very pork-centric. Uh, not a whole lot else going on, but very simple, very delicious. And like I say, that. That whole hog with the with the oak charcoal is really special, in my opinion. And this is in, the place. Yeah, this is in Aden, North Carolina, spelled A Y D E N. That's about an hour east of Raleigh, not far from Greenville, North Carolina. And this would be classified as Eastern North Carolina barbecue, right? I believe so. The way I understand it, that is Eastern North Carolina barbecue: spicy vinegar on whole hog. No, no ketchup sauce, no sweet sauce. That's the way I understand it. Well, I like that. North Carolina is a big state, not quite as big as Texas, but it's a big state. So what else you got up that short sleeve, sir? Well, let's go over to Shelby, uh, to a, another place. This place is not quite as popular, but these are kind of my favorite types. You, you know who's Red from Bull. Shelby, North Carolina, don't you? I bet I'll, bet I'll remember when you tell me, but I can't think of it. Oh, man. Kenny Powers. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. East, East yep. Mountain star Kenny Powers is from yeah. Shelby, yep. North Carolina. you got to let me off the hook for that one. I'm a big fan of old Mr. Powers. Um, yeah, so we're going to go to Kenny Powers' hometown, a place he may uh, have visited for all I know, uh, Red Bridges <laughs> Barbecue Lodge uh, in Shelby, North Carolina. So what I think is cool about this spot is, this is also, again, this is a different kind of barbecue sauce. This, their barbecue sauce is vinegar and ketchup, uh, which is kind of that red sauce when you think of Western or Piedmont sauce, North Carolina sauce. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different, obviously. Um, the cool thing about this place, too, is that they, they are known for uh, the outside brown um, mixed into the sandwich. Now, that is outside brown. Is, it's kind of a unique thing that they call it, but basically anybody else would call it bark. So it's the bark of the, the pork shoulder. They're known. They're specially known for that outside brown being mixed in to the sandwich, um, which is good. Anybody who loves loves pork and loves barbecue, I mean, you're gonna love the bark. In fact, when you're a pit master yourself, 
you want to get out there and you want to get the best pieces before you pull it up and give it to everybody else. I'm sorry, that's the way it works. You want to get the best, nice, fatty, moist pieces of that bark. So um, they're very proud of their their bark at, at, at Red Bridges, and they mix it into the, the meat, which is fantastic. Also, the difference here would be, and this is probably just regional, but the barbecue sauce, you can put it on yourself. You can put it on top of the sandwich. It doesn't get mixed in like the vinegar and hot sauce mixture. It's a skylight. It's not mixed in with the meat, so you just put the sauce on it yourself. It's not pre-tossed, if you will. Um, but they have something cool, too, called Red Slaw. And I can't tell you if Red Slaw is something that is ubiquitous throughout North Carolina. I just don't know. But I can tell you that uh, the Red Slaw is, is pretty cool. It's kind of a mixture of barbecue sauce and other traditional slaw ingredients. And I'm a big, I love slaw. I like slaw on my pork sandwich. And I'm a big fan of this Red Slaw. Tangy, a little less sweet than you typically think of. But it's fantastic. You ever had uh, Red Slaw, John? I have not. I hadn't either, but I'm a big fan of it now. So um, Red Bridges Barbecue Lodge gets you some red slaw, uh, the pork sandwich with the extra uh, outside brown, as they call it, which is the, the bark, which you get all that smoke flavor. And, uh, yeah, put them together, put some of that sauce on there, that red Piedmont-style sauce. Pretty good stuff, pretty good stuff. So, all right, um, well, we've gone to Aiden. We've gone to Monroe, Kenny effing yeah. Powers country. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. I didn't say it. Uh, I didn't say the the, the X rated <laughs> word. I just said that. That's how he said it. That's right. That's right. His favorite. We're just going to say. I don't even know. He's a fictional character, so we're going to say that's his favorite barbecue. Place yes, it sounds good to me. Uh, absolutely. So could, wouldn't be complete. I don't think without a stop to Lexington. Ha <laughs> um, That's where I went. Now where did you, where yeah. are we going to go? We go to Lexington Barbecue. Ah, that's where I went. You win. Right. I'm going to come give you a big old smooch. <laughs> I'm too far for that, but I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm happy or sad about that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you could help me with this. Uh, you can help me with this because we've both been to this place. Um, I'll tell you what the coolest place. Well, first of all, as you know, Lexington, North Carolina calls itself the barbecue capital of, of the world. Right. And, and that's tough for me to admit because I'm from Lexington, South Carolina, which also has wonderful mustard based barbecue, but Lexington, North Carolina certainly kind of is the capital of of North Carolina barbecue, and yeah. and what's your coolest part about Lexington barbecue in Lexington, NC? Okay, my favorite part is the the and this is gonna this is gonna be you're gonna call me a barbecue dork. My favorite part of the pits, the old enclosed brick pits. I absolutely those are the coolest things in the world. You cannot move those. Those things have been there for a long time, and they're never going anywhere. But I love the enclosed brick pit. I feel like those things get seasoned over the years, and they they kind of impart their own flavor. Uh, but that's just kind of on a on a on a pitmaster side. So I love the pits. I think they're so cool. Well, in the in the spirit of your pit love, maybe that's the coolest thing about Lexington Barbecue. If you want to go there, well, what's their address? One hundred Smokehouse Lane. That's awesome. I tell you what, I didn't know the address, uh, so that's the, that's the second coolest thing about it is Smokehouse Lane. Yeah, and, no, and, I did and, not mean- and, and you need to know that because it, it's a little bit of a challenge. If you're going up I-85 or down I-85 in Lexington, North Carolina, and you want to go there, it's just off a I-85 spur, but it's a little confusing the way the roads are. It, it, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge, so you better pop that 100 smokehouse lane into your smartphone because otherwise you're going to get lost in Lexington, NC, which isn't a bad place to be lost in. But 
Just, just um, saying. Yeah, you, you can definitely blow right past it. And I want to make clear, I was not, um, I'm not saying anything uh, about the barbecue when I talk about the pits being the coolest part because their barbecue is fantastic. The thing that I thought was that I think is cool about Lexington barbecue is we kind of talked about the red bridges and the way you have the sauce on the top and the different type of slaw. And then we talked about skyline, which is the vinegar mixed in with the meat. The, the, the Lexington barbecue is kind of a cross between the two because they dress, they dress the pork shoulder with their vinegar and ketchup Piedmont style sauce or Lexington style sauce, I guess I should say. It's dressed like the skylight, which is mixed in with every bite. But again, it's a different, it's that red kind of sauce. So if you like sauce throughout every bite of your barbecue sandwich, uh, you are probably going to really enjoy this. Um, like I said before, the, the, the pit is cool. They use oak coals as well in a similar style as, as um, Skylight and other kind of old-fashioned places in North Carolina. They burn the wood down. It's oak as well. They put it under the pig, and they do the, uh, uh, but they do the butts and not the, not necessarily the whole, the whole pig. That's another difference uh, between the, uh, uh, the east and the and the Piedmont. Uh, a lot of shoulders uh, in the western part of the state. A lot of whole pigs in the eastern side of the state. I think they kind of pride themselves on that as well. So, and whole hog does taste different than shoulder. Mm-hmm. The reason is it does because you've got the entire pig cooking together. Every piece of meat on the pig, from the belly, like I said, to the shoulder, to the ham, every piece of pig you can think of all mixed together with the skin as opposed to a butt or a shoulder, which is that particular piece of meat. I love both. I love all of it. But they are unique flavors, to say the least. If you've had whole hog, it tastes different than a shoulder, and they're both wonderful. And Matt Hermans, I don't know what you've got planned for October 27th, a couple weeks away. You got any big plans? Not that I know of. That's a little far out for me, though. I like okay. to ride by the seat of my pants. All right. Well, I'll see you in Lexington, North Carolina, because that is where the Barbecue Festival will be taking place. Just days away from this event that's been going on since 1984. And, Matt, I know, in addition to pigging out on barbecue in Lexington, NC, you want to participate in the 27th annual Tour de Pig bicycle race it sounds to me like i do have plans on october 27th yeah i think i just i think i just made them yeah yeah it's the north carolina barbecue festival in lexington it's kind of the barbecue capital of the old north state and that's going on and check out lexington barbecue while you're there but they got a, a lot of other places around there too that's the hometown of nascar legend richard childress he lives in that area and i think he is a big expert on north carolina barbecue but, yeah, North Carolina barbecue yeah. right there. And we appreciate Matt Hermans for letting us go to places like Aiden, Monroe, and Lexington, North Carolina. Absolutely. I can't say that I'm an expert, but I love North Carolina barbecue. So I'm a fan. I'll put it to you that way. Well, thank you. And if you're not able to get to North Carolina for barbecue, a lot of places in the South now have Cookout, a fast food chain from North Carolina, and at Cookout locations throughout the South, you can find North Carolina barbecue and the sauce that goes along with it. So if you're not able to get to the Old North State, it's a it's a pretty good substitute. In fact, not only do they have good barbecue from North Carolina, they have cheer wine, one of the great beverages from North Carolina that they have at cookout locations across the Southeast. All right, we we got everything and more from you this week, Matt. Thank you very much for your North Carolina knowledge.
enjoy it. I'm, I'm, my mouth is watering just <laughs> thinking about it. All right. We will get you back here on here next week with another state to, fo- to focus on. Thank you, sir. Well, that will conclude the Y'all Show for this Tuesday. Thank you to Mr. Hermans, and thank you to all y'all for tuning us in on great stations across North Carolina, South Carolina, and any place else that's got good cue. We'll see you tomorrow as we broadcast from Nashville's Music Road. You've been listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent.